Thanks for joining us on episode 1,288 of the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. Hi, I'm Rob Ekno, and I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to find where God acts in your life is key, and one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this, the Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend, Scott Bader. Finally, you'll make a change. So when the fear of the unknown becomes more than the fear of what you actually know, then you'll take that jump, right? Because if I stay stuck where I'm at, and then I know I'm in pain and misery, I know I'm not achieving my purpose, I know there must be more for me, and I'm just living a life where I'm just so frustrated because I'm like... Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. In today's episode, I interview Rob Ekno. I asked Rob to talk with you about his book, Is It God or Coincidence? I also asked Rob to share with you how he went from homeless to where he is today and how his faith journey was a part of that. Rob also shares how you can see God acting in your own life. One reason I like to bring you great interviews like the one you're going to hear today is because of the power in learning from others. Another great way to learn from others is through reading books. But if you're like most people today, you find it hard to find the time to sit down and read. And that's why today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Go to inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to sign up and you can get a 30-day free trial. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. And instead of reading, you can listen your way to learn from some of the greatest minds out there. That's inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to get your free trial and listen to great books the same way you're listening to this podcast. Rob Ekno's award-winning broadcasting career came to a crashing halt after the effects of drugs and alcohol. He became homeless and hopeless. Fortunately, Rob was able to fight off his demons long enough to begin his journey to sobriety on November 29, 1992. Not long after, Rob moved from the East Coast to Los Angeles. There, his career was reignited when he became a national TV host, a career that lasted nearly 15 years. Rob's attempt to rekindle his dwindling relationship with God took an abrupt turn backwards after a brief yet scary encounter, an incident that led Rob to walk away from God for nearly a decade. However, following a miraculous meeting with his future wife, Rob began to experience a continual stream of coincidental circumstances, which ultimately led him to acknowledge that a master architect surely was at work in all of these improbable synchronicities. Again, refocused on God, Rob produced and hosted the spiritually-based internet radio show In Your Face, heard weekdays for more than three years in nearly a hundred countries. Rob also wrote his first book, God Bless America, Before It's Too Late, 
After his marriage ended, Rob headed to Alaska to begin the next chapter in his life. He spent much of the next five years there and had incredible experiences while exploring ice caves, mushing with sled dogs, flying in helicopters and float planes, ziplining, and whale watching. Rob quickly gained vast knowledge of Alaska's ecosystem. In 2017, he put that wisdom to use as the cruise host on a private ship traveling throughout southeast Alaska, as well as the Columbia and Snake Rivers in Washington and Oregon. Rob created presentations giving guests an insider's look at the area's wildlife and places of interest. In October of 2018, Rob survived a devastating fall into an unsecured open hatch on the cruise ship. His left leg was severely injured. Receiving no medical help, Rob spent two hours lying with a towel and a belt wrapped around his leg. The impact from the fall also induced several other injuries, including Rob's arm, shoulders, and neck. As of this interview, nearly four years later, after multiple surgeries, the show, visits Rob. to specialists, physical well, therapists, and more, Rob continues Absolutely. to receive treatment. So we talked and a little bit about injuries. some of you. Welcome to the show, Rob. Why, well, thank you, Scott. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about some of your journey in the intro, but let's talk a little bit more and unpack what really made you to decide to write a book called Is It God or Coincidence? If you open up the book and look in the introduction, anybody that has a copy of it or or may get a copy, they'll see right off the bat, it was very interesting. I had done a journey and been working on a cruise ship, a private one up in Alaska. And I came back and I was sitting at a restaurant not far from all the big studios in Hollywood area. And a friend of mine was having lunch with me. And he said, so Rob, now that the cruise ship season's over, what are you going to do with the rest of the winter and stuff? And I said, I don't know, Johnny. I said, but God has a plan and he'll let me know when I need to know it. Literally, Less than five minutes later, we walked out into the parking lot, and this was an SUV smack dab in front of us, like 10 feet away, and the license plate was G-O-D-S-P-L-N, God's plan. And I looked at him, and I said, well, Johnny, apparently God does have a plan, and he'll let me know. <laughs> and uh, At least and- the SUV didn't hit you, <laughs> oh, <laughs> given what right. happened on the cruise ship. That's <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And that picture is right in the introduction, so people can see that, that how interesting God is and, and how direct he is. And then to answer the final part of that question, uh, a couple of weeks later, a friend of mine who has a TV show in Bakersfield, California, she uh, invited me up there and she asked me to send pictures of my bears and whales and different stuff that I had in the uh, cruise. And I also she also wanted to send a picture of the book cover. That was in progress. And also, and I decided for some unknown reason, I just decided to send the God's plan license plate because I just found it way too interesting. So I send this stuff up to her. I get there and she introduces me to her, her producer, Spencer. And she says, Spencer's only here for the day. So if there's any challenges or whatever, this is his first time here. His only day he's filling in to help us out. At the end of the show, this 23 year old college student, she's Tina says, why don't you put up a picture of Rob's book so we can show the audience and they can know where to go to get the book and what to look for. For some reason, he decided on his own to put a graphic up on the screen that had a picture of the book cover on one side and a picture of the God's plan license plate on the other side. 
and he colored it in like orange and stuff. And it was really cool. And so during the interview, like you and I are having, I'm paying attention to you. So I wasn't really paying attention to the picture. I just said, oh, that's the nice thing there, Spencer. That was pretty cool. Then like a week later, I'm at home doing my prayer and meditation, which I do every morning. And I said, God, I really would like to know what your plan is. And all of a sudden, it just hit me. And it's like, wait a minute. God's plan was that graphic that Spencer, this kid who was there for one day, this is how the Lord uses people, right, to get me the message that I needed, was to do this book. There was the picture of the book and God's plan. How more clear could the Lord have made it for me? You have this experience, or lots of them, that you talk about, too, of less than perfect moments for lack of a better word, while you're making all of this journey through, through faith and discovery of all of this. And yet here you're talking about in your face. And again, takes you a little while to realize it, but there it is in your face. How did your faith journey play out that started in a less than perfect journey and probably still is if you're like most of us, (laughs) I keep telling people it's John Wesley says on to perfection. He doesn't actually say you ever arrive. It's a journey. It's not a destination, but the, how does that less than perfect journey play out in your faith journey that led you to the point of being able to recognize, even if it was slowly, but still recognize that, Hey, this is what I need to be doing at that moment. It takes a while sometimes, but the reality is I, have been clean and sober after being homeless many years ago and currently 30 years sober. And one of the parts of my, thank you. And one of the parts of that program is our 11th step is we sought through prayer and meditation to approve our conscious contact with God as we understand it. So me, everybody that knows me knows that I'm, I'm that guy that really works that program, that portion of the program, the 11th step every day. And many don't, or many will just pray, or many will just meditate or whatever. But it's there's a reason there's a combination is because when I'm asking God, I'm praying, right? But then I need to be able to sit still and listen for the answers. And I need to be open to the answers. And I just started seeing loads and loads. It started with license plates. And I just started seeing I, my entire cell phone is just loaded with license plates. Like the other day, I walked out of the house and the car right in front of the building next to us said, praise him. Right. It was like P-R-A-S-8-H-M, praise him. It's like they're all over the place. And I had a friend, unfortunately, she passed a, a while back because of cancer, but she used to tell me all the time, she says, Rob, She says, these things are happening all around you. And it's interesting that you're little by little, you're starting to see them. And she says, I guarantee you these happen to everybody, except most people are so focused on themselves rather than what they can do for the Lord and how I can be the best Rob that I can be. That's what I like to share. My job in life, God just asked me since I'm an alcoholic and recovering. He just says, Rob, please just don't drink today. Trust that I have a plan and just be a nice guy in the world. That's all I need you to do. I'll take care of everything else, all this stuff. And so that's how the journey, it begins, what they say with that Chinese proverb, the journey of 10,000 miles is one step. And 
how faith is, right? You have one thing that happens, you may not believe, you may not see, and then all of a sudden one thing happens, you're like, oh, wait a minute, what's that? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, another thing just happened. That, and that's how when we get into the book, that's how the book goes, is just to open people's eyes to the fact that, hey, this stuff is happening really probably to everyone. I can't believe that the Lord singled me out for to see this stuff. It has to. And what happens is as people are reading my book, all of a sudden I start getting phone calls or emails or texts and like, hey, man, I had some of those same experiences. And then they start realizing, you know what? Just maybe I got to pay attention to this guy in the sky a little bit more. <laughs> and uh, I hope that answered your question. But it's a matter of just starting to see things little by little. And then all of a sudden there's all this evidence there. And I can either just I can still poo-poo the evidence, as they say, right? And say, yeah, there's a thousand things that all point to Scott, that he's the guy that's the host of the show. It's not really him behind the microphone. even. Or I can say, wow, you know what? It really is Scott behind that microphone. And, uh, and he really is hosting this amazing radio show. Yes. <laughs> so they, uh, one of my friends just actually went through an experience not too long ago where they had some rough stuff going on in their life and they kept saying, I've got a plan. I'm ready for the next step. I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do. And then they kept feeling that moment from God saying, not yet, not yet, not yet. Don't jump. Don't go. Don't jump. Don't go. It was around a job situation and changing jobs. That's why it was wait. And then suddenly they got this tremendous opportunity and at that point, they were like very nervous about actually executing and taking the opportunity. And their comment was, it was like, I'm ready. God said, okay, this is it. Go. And they went, are you sure? <laughs> you know, exactly. how do we fight against that, that feeling of, oh no, we're ready. It's our plan. It's our time and God telling us to wait. And then when that opportunity comes, I think we have a natural fear about taking it. How do we work at that balance? Well, I think it's, if I can use the, the motto in the, like, for instance, the 12-step program, we say, once you finally get sick and tired of being sick and tired of <laughs> drinking or gambling or drug, finally, you'll make a change. So when the fear of the unknown becomes more than the fear of what you actually know, then you'll take that jump, right? Because if I stay stuck where I'm at, and I, then I know I'm in pain and misery, I know I'm not achieving my purpose, I know there must be more for me, and I'm just living a life where I'm just so frustrated because I'm like, okay, all I do is go to work nine to five, I come home, I cut the grass, and I take care of the wife and kids or the husband or whatever it might be. And there we go. That's my life. And then I'm looking on TV and I'm seeing these people all over the place and they're doing this and they're doing that. And they talk about the Lord. So it's about, uh, you know, it's, it's about um, trust is the key to success. And building trust is one little, one little thing at a time. I was, I was homeless. I went from having a flourishing radio career back in New England. I was doing a national sports show uh, out of Boston. I was covering World Series. I was at Super Bowls and Stanley Cup. All this. Next thing you know, I'm homeless because I learned how to drink and, and do drugs. 
cocaine and vodka. That was my uh, my mm. two things that led me down. And I was homeless. Now, here's the interesting thing. I just I did not know this. I'm not Catholic. I'm a very spiritual Christian. And my but my girlfriend is Catholic. And so she's taught me different things about that faith as well. And what's interesting, Scott, is I did not know I was even growing up in this. My first meeting that I ever went to of a 12-step was my brother David took me there. was at St. Vincent de Paul Church. I didn't know this at the time until I told my girlfriend not all that long ago. And she said, honey, you know that St. Vincent de Paul is the, uh, the saint of, of the poor. And, and I said, well, that's interesting because I was homeless when I went to my first meeting. And then I said, and my home group became St. Matthias Church back in Rhode Island. And she said, well, that's interesting because St. Matthias is the saint of alcoholism. And it's, Lord, the God had this whole thing lined up for me <laughs> long before I ever even had a clue. And I was still in my whacked out mind. And it just goes to show, and even when you read this book, especially the last chapter, you'll see that the Lord does have a plan when he talks about it, whatever. I'm not a, I'm not a Bible thumper, and I don't know it as well as many from the little stuff that I've been able to keep in my mind. He talks about, I know the number of hairs on your head and all of this. I know the good stuff that I have, I have plans for you, Jeremiah 29, 11. I have plans for you for hope and a future. And it's up to me. If I choose not to believe in God or all of his incredibleness, that's on me. It doesn't mean he's not incredible. It means I'm choosing not to believe that he's incredible. That's my choice. And I think your question along the lines of your question, how, how do people get there? And you know, We have choices. He gives us free will. And he says, you can believe in me or not. I love you either way. I'm not throwing you out with the bathwater, even if you don't believe in me, even if you don't pray to me, even if you don't honor me. I'm still there because I made you amazingly special, and I love you just as much as Scott, who does this wonderful podcast and, and found his calling, and he's using his talents. Because every single one of us has been given amazing talents and abilities by the Lord to do something special. And the whole point of this whole life that we leave, I'm sure you know, Scott, is to be a servant to one another, to inspire and encourage each other to be our best, to be the best neighbor, to love thyself as it. And it really is, if you just look at it, really, in a, that's it. That's our journey. People say to me all the time, Rob, you always say nice things to me. I said, because well, you're a nice person. You're the only one that doesn't know it yet in many cases, especially when you're dealing with alcoholics and stuff who think, oh, my God, I'm just a worthless piece of a human being. And I'm like, no. I say, God used this guy, Moses, who killed somebody to walk down from the mountain with these two stones in his hand, telling people how to live and, and look at the transition, you know, how Saul went to Paul and all these things. I said, God takes all of us, all of our imperfections and use it to glorify. And he doesn't necessarily want the credit. He just wants you to be all that he made you to be. And that's what he wants from all of us. And so you're doing what you're doing. I'm writing. And by the way, just to let you know, I almost didn't pass high school because I almost didn't pass English. And then 45, <laughs> 45 years later, my English teacher, Ken Grady, wrote the foreword to this book. So that <laughs> did it was, say, uh, did it say, I never thought he'd write a book because I haven't started? <laughs> no, actually, he was, he actually, I know he won't mind me telling this story because we are friends and, but 
he actually told me to stop and he broke down in tears because I was like, Ken, if you don't like the book, when I give it to you, you just tell me, no, we're friends. It's a... And he was so honored that a former student would call him to ask him, because I guess you know, when you're a teacher, you don't know what you've done for the kids. And, and Absolutely. I was a teacher for 16 years. <laughs> there you go. So he was honored and it was just a really powerful moment on the on the phone when when he said yes i would and then he wrote this absolutely wonderful forward for me and by the way if anybody else out there i'm sure other people have books or podcasts in their head that they haven't started yet that the lord is calling them because i think that's what you asked too because i have a roundabout way of getting the answers I get so excited because this is the one subject that I just love talking about. I love talking about inspiring people and encouraging people in the Lord and just doing good things and two guys getting together and having a little podcast here and just talking about how we might add some value to somebody's life today who might hear this, That especially the person who just stumbles across the podcast and even wasn't even looking for it. I'm like, whoa, and that's the coincidence and that's the shot they need. But I asked a guy in Hollywood, I came up, I had all these ideas that the Lord had given me all these stories. And I said, Hey man, you're a really successful writer. And I've got all these ideas for stories. I said, you got to give me the shortcut on how to write a book and stuff. He goes, you know how to write a book? I said, no. He says, go down to the 99 cent store over at Universal Studios. You get a pad for a dollar and a pen for a dollar and you open it and you write one word and then you write another word and then you write another word. And all of a sudden you got a lot of words. And he said, you'll read those words eventually, and you'll say, boy, that really sucks. And then you'll rewrite it, and you'll rewrite it again, and you'll go, hey, that still isn't great, but it's a lot better. And all of a sudden, you'll have a book one day when you just keep doing that, and you keep tweaking. And, and that's, how it, that's how it came about. Yeah. So the point is, we just need to start, right? Your podcast didn't become as good as it is and as as tweaked as it is and professional and as polished as it is, probably on your first podcast. You start no, please you don't go back and listen to the first couple of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but you started and you kept going and you kept learning and you kept praying and you kept getting more wisdom and more experience. And that's what it was like with the, with this book. And uh, and I just uh, would would pray and encourage people that if you're sitting there now thinking that your life has no value or you can't find your purpose, prayer and meditation really helps. And the thing I do, in all honesty, I split my time between Los Angeles and Alaska. And when I'm in Juneau, I go out to the Mendenhall Glacier and just sit out there and hang out with the bears and the little porcupines and the eagles. And I just absorb the wonderfulness of God. And when I'm in LA, I buy a bag of peanuts and I'll walk a park and I'll just sit there feeding the squirrels. And it just clicked. The whole point is to clear your head of the nonsense of the world, spend some time alone with the Lord so that he can speak to you so that you can get this stuff coming into your head. And after maybe the first day, like you said, Hey, I heard this, but I'm not acting on it. Maybe if you take five or six walks in a row, you might hear the same thing five days in a row. And maybe you go, maybe just maybe I got to take that first step. And maybe I got to start my own podcast or write my own book or start my own church or whatever it is that the Lord has put on your heart. But every one of us has been given an assignment of goodness. The question is, how many of us are going to honor the Lord and do that? 
Speaking of that, you've had, if you look backwards, a lot of different roles and responsibilities and different things you've been doing, different assignments, if you want to use that word. And yet throughout it, you talk about some threads that are in common. How do you think people should, how can people actually understand their, whether you want to call it calling, their purpose, their direction, and see how God is acting and showing up in their life versus the roles and the responsibilities and the career and all the other things that kind of cloud the mess. I will tell you this. I will share this story about this book. Is it God or coincidence? Coming to grips with the unexpected wonders in life. In 2018, on October 17th, I was working on a private cruise ship coming back from Alaska on the Columbia River in uh, Oregon. And uh, one of the crew members left an open hatch right in front of the in front of the crew head and i did not know it was there i step out i fall into this thing i shred my leg i lost a ton of blood i ended up lying on the bunk with a towel wrapped around my leg trying to keep me from bleeding to death with a belt on it for 2 hours as the captain drove us to shore for whatever reason he didn't call the coast guard and chopper me away but nonetheless here it is basically about four years later now. And in that time, so I I was wondering whether I was even going to die or or live or die. I was going into shock. It was an incredible experience. So the point is I was out of work for a long time. The insurance companies, they don't want to pay you any money. So they want you to to suffer as much as possible, basically, so that you'll just say, hey, I give today. Don't worry about fixing my leg. I'll just live the rest of my life. But anyway, so the point is, I was literally living on $7 a day for over two years. Now, how anybody can do that, I don't know. But I said, my, I have a, a spiritual advisor who's 96 now. When I wrote about him in the book, he was 92. And he just said, remember, Rob, God causes all things to come to good for those who every day. It's like, That's great, Tony, but you're not living on $7 a day. How do you do that? So the point, I'm telling you that because you're wondering whether there's a calling and whether God has a plan. So I have this book, right? And so I wrote it and I got to a point and uh, I'm not good with commas and periods all that. So out of the blue, I call my friend David and I said, Dave, I got this book, but I'm not going to be able to publish it because I I don't know how to all the commas and periods. And David says, just by chance, Rob, I happen to have gotten laid off from one of the big studios in Hollywood last week and I have some free time and I'm a pretty good writer. So if you want to come over, Anyways, David, for the next year and a half, David blessed me one day a week for four hours, no pay. He did it all to serve the Lord and help me. And that's how he designed the cover of the book. He designed the interior of the book. He's the one that loaded it on Amazon. He's the one that did it all. Four hours a week for a year and a half, he helped me. So then I said, David, I said, I said, you and I did a nice job of doing this. We should really have somebody check our work. And he said, yeah. We definitely need to have somebody. And I said, well, I just don't have five, $6,000 to pay a editor to edit the book. So we'll just put it on the shelf for now. Literally the next day, I'm outside where I was living over near Universal Studios at the time. And I'm standing out there and my neighbor, this gal, Megan, comes out and she's standing there talking to me. And I said, she says, how's it going? I said, yeah, I'm so excited. I wrote this book and I got to put it on the shelf now because I don't have an editor. And she goes, why don't you just give it to me? And I said, why would I give it to you? And she goes, don't you know why I work out of my house? I said, no. She says, I'm a professional copy editor. 
I worked at a publishing company for 30 years, and now I do a lot of stuff for major corporations and scientists and doctors, and that's why I work out of my house. She says, I can do it after five o'clock at night for you. I got to earn my paycheck during the day, but I'll be happy to bless you. So she goes through this thing. It takes her about a month or two to go through it. She goes through it, gives it back to me, and she says, here you go. She goes, goes, I really enjoyed reading that book. She goes, it was really wonderful and fascinating. We're talking, and she goes, you know what? I really did enjoy reading that book. Give it back to me. I want to go through it one more time just to make sure I didn't miss anything, because normally we have three or four sets of eyes at a publishing company, see it before it goes out. So let me just do it again. She gives it back to me a couple of weeks later. There was like 100 more things that she corrected, which is great. And so now I got a professional copy and it did it twice. Doesn't cost me a dime. The Lord's blessing me, right? So I call up my friend Lee up in Northern California. I say, Lee, I said, you're a life coach. In any chance you could read my book. And if you like it, could you write me one or two lines for the back of my book? Just so I, And if you don't like it, just let me know. You don't have to read it. I send it up to him three days later. He says, Rob, I got your book, the manuscript. He goes, by the way, I don't know if I told you this or not, but my wife and I are professional proofreaders. So while I'm reading your book, I'll be happy to proofread it for you. That'll be my gift to you. And so that's how the book got proofread. So then I said, Lord, I really need a uh, an author on the back of the book. I don't want to write about me and tell people Rob's like, I, I need somebody. So I said, and he said, well, this guy, Paul, that you see on Monday nights at this place you go to. And I said, yeah, but we're not really like close friends or anything. And he's a Pulitzer nominated author and he's won awards around the world and he's world all this. And the Lord says, you ask me who to ask, and then you argue with me when I give you the answer. (laughs) So this is getting back to some of your stuff that you had been asking earlier. He says, just call Paul. I literally, I was driving to David's on the freeway out here going towards Pasadena area. And I pull off the freeway. I call up Paul. Paul, hey, how are you? It's Rob. I know you're busy. And could you look at my book? And if you like it, could you write one or two lines for me? Oh my God, I'm so honored that you called to ask me. I would love to do that for you. You're above <laughs> I'm like, seriously? He goes, yes, please send it over. It'll take me. Anyways, a month later, he writes me back. And if you see on the back of the book cover, you'll see eight lines, not two lines that Paul wrote very intricately. And he compared my book to Dan Wakefield's Returning and Neil Donald Walsh's Conversations with God, two best-selling mm-hmm. books that he compared mine to. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And, and But no, this is how the Lord operates. He put a good work in me. And as the Bible says, if he puts a good work in you, he'll give you everything you need to have it come true. And this is, book is the perfect example. Okay. So now we published the book and everybody says, you should do an audio book. And I said, oh, I don't have five, $6,000. I'm living on $7 a day. And uh, the Lord says, yeah, but you have a friend, Rick, who lives in uh, Hollywood. And he's been a Hollywood uh, studio recording engineer for 30 years. And he's got a studio in his home, call him. And I'm like, Lord, I can't call the guy and ask him for a five, $6,000 favor. Just that's a lot of work. And you know, Scott and editing this stuff and getting all the specs proper and all this and making it sound good and taking out all the and the ahs and ohs and the breathings and the fire trucks in the background and all that. I call up Rick. And again, the Lord says, you asked me, I gave you the answer. And then you argue with me again. Why do you always argue? Why are you wasting your time asking me if you're just going to argue with me and not believe (laughs) that this is this? Because that's the question you ask people. They don't, they get the answers, but they don't want to act on them. So I call Rick and I go, hey, Rand, how you doing? He goes, hey, I saw you got your book on Facebook there. I saw that it's up on Amazon. I I said, yeah. People are telling me I should do an audiobook. Dude, 
come over the house tomorrow morning, nine o'clock. I got my recording studio right here. I'll hit the record button and then it'll take me two or three months to get all the specs and edit it for you and stuff because I got a project I'm working on at one of the studios, but I'll do that for you. I'll bless you with that. I'm like, are you serious? He goes, dude, for you, absolutely. That's how the audio book got on, on, on the internet. So the point is, and uh, hopefully folks got this, and I think you did, you asked, well, how do we know our purpose and how do we act and stuff? And what I, one thing I have to do is if the Lord puts it in my head and in my heart, it's up to me to trust him. And if I don't, and so what's happened is through this book, doing this book, then people started telling me when I shared stories of it, they said it needs to be a faith-based film. One thing led to another. I end up working at this place called the Miracle Theater doing a short film for a friend who happened to get COVID. I had to fill in for him. He wrote a part for himself in this movie with all the main stars. So now I'm with the one thing led to another. And all I can say is a movie script has been written about this book in a faith based film. And we'll see how long it takes to get it up onto the to the big screen. But everything has been falling into place with this. And I'm like and people like, dude, this stuff just seems to happen to you. And I say, I work really hard at my relationship with the Lord. And in the back of our 12-step program, there's a, the last page of the 164 pages is a vision for you. And it specifically says, if your relationship with him is right, meaning God, great things will, not might, you could get lucky, great things will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. So, it's out there for all of us, Scott. You took your calling and you started your inspired stewardship and you got this wonderful podcast going. I, someone who didn't think I could write, am now writing. And this book here was my second. And I have other four others that either are going to be published soon or in the not too distant future. And here I am going, how can I be the one doing this when I didn't even think I could put a word on the paper. And that's the miracle of the Lord and trusting in him. And I guarantee you, every person listening to this podcast today has some incredible talent of goodness in them, whether it be starting their own podcast, writing it, whatever it might be, being a great servant at their church, whatever it could be, mm -hmm. volunteering at an animal rescue, something in this world that we all can make an amazingly positive difference. And all I try to do every day, like I said, is just go out into my piece of the world and I just try to be the best Rob that I can be today. Awesome. So I've got a, a few questions that I like to ask all of my guests, but before I go there, is there anything else about the books, the hopefully upcoming movie, the other things that you're doing that you'd like to share with the listener? I think I touched on the book pretty well. That was a pretty cool way of how it came together, as you can, as you can see. And then, like I said, then the movie came together because the scriptwriter actually was the guy that wrote the short film. And I was telling the scriptwriter, I said, nothing happens in God's world by mistake. There's a reason why you got sick somehow the day before you were supposed to have this big part. And out of all the millions of people in the world, you got the thought to call me. 
And then I happened to get onto the set and mention something about my book. And then somebody mentioned a faith-based film they had just worked on. And one thing led to another. And boom, a movie script is being written about this book. And it's just the way it just one more time just reminded me that God has a plan. My job is to actually pay attention is what we were talking about earlier. How does somebody know? How? And all of us are going to need different levels of evidence, right? Some of us will see one thing and say, oh, my God, I got a parking space. I hear this all the time. I got a parking space in the front row of this place, so I know I'm going to get the job because why else would I have had a front row parking space at this job interview if I'm not going to get it? Things like that. And then other people will see 50 things, 100 things. They go, yeah, whatever. Those things happen. They happen to everybody. It's it. Yeah, they do happen to everybody, but we're supposed to pay attention to them so we can find what our real calling and real purpose is in this world. And the fact that if you, I would have lost every dime under the sun. If you had said, Rob, you're going to be either an actor or a TV host or a tour guide in Alaska or an author, which one of those four are you going to be that's going to be lead you to the most prominence and honor the Lord? And I'd be like, either one of the first three, but it definitely is not going to be an author. And here it is in the not too distant future. I'll have six books written. So my brand is inspired stewardship, as you shared earlier. And stewardship is one of those words that we all use or you hear it a lot in different contexts. Yet I don't think it's a word that everybody actually means the same thing (laughs) when they say it. So for you, what do you think of when you hear the word stewardship and how has that shown up in your life? I believe for me, we are, as I mentioned earlier, we have two things to do in life. I think it's in Hebrews 23. It talks about we are to inspire and to encourage each other. That's our job in life, right? We're to pick each other up, we're to help each other, and so on. Being good stewards, if I'm a good steward to the people of the earth, then I'm helping them to be their best and we're prospering the planet and our countries, and this globe that God gave us to, by bringing joy and peace and abundance and happiness into lives. We can all get a real glimpse of what it might be like one day when we, when we rise above, right? And not only for the people, but also for animals, all the dogs and the cats, and all of, like I said, I go up to Mendenhall Glacier and we're supposed to respect the animals. You don't feed the ducks and you don't throw a piece of salmon out there for the bear so you can get a picture of them and things like that. People do this stuff, trust me. And But but so I'm supposed to look to where I can, when I see a bunch of trash on the ground, it's like I, I'll always have a pair of gloves or something. And with COVID, it's a little bit different now. But before that, I used to pick up a lot of trash. I would just go walk by and I would say, gosh, wow, how come people just throw their cup from the whatever on the ground or this and that. They say, if you just picked it up, Rob, you could just walk on and throw it in that trash can and the earth would be a little bit cleaner today. And just treating people with decency and respect. I was in a was in Arizona in Tucson not long ago and and I was in a, a fast food places and the young 18-year-old girl or so somewhere in there was she gave the order to the lady in front of me and the lady looked at it and go, oh my God, you screwed up my order and blah, blah, blah. She looks back at me and she goes, can you believe this person? How could they be so dumb and stupid and blah, 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 blah. And I just looked at her and I didn't say a word. And I'm like, okay, that could be my daughter standing right there. 
And when I want somebody just trashing her because she simply grabbed a burger instead of a fish sandwich, really? And that's the way you're going to treat another human being. But that happens far too often. So as stewardships, mine is not to participate in that. And I didn't say anything to the woman. And she was thinking, I'm going to say, yeah, what a dummy. And it's, no, and that's how I treat people. I, I do this. I act as if God is standing right on the side of me. And whenever there's a challenging moment and I have to make a decision or if I'm going to say something and I say, and I look and I go, and then the Lord will go, yeah, that's probably not your best choice. Saying something nasty to something, doing something, whatever. Here's the key. This goes back to something you had asked a bit earlier. The key is that we live in this world with man, but really it's God's world. And so it doesn't make sense to so many of us because God doesn't make sense to many of us. And he's not supposed to. That's why he's God. He has a plan. Why did Scott get to keep all his hair and Rob's ball? I don't know. God's got a plan. He obviously, Rob was going to be trouble because he says, I, I know all the hairs on your head. And he's like, geez, I don't need to be counting your hairs, Rob. I got enough problems with you as it is. Never mind how much hair that. But that's, but that's, the challenge of it all is that we all have an assignment and many of us just don't take the assignment on. And so we live a frustrated life because we just won't trust because something will happen and it'll say, that makes absolutely no sense. But God's making it very clear that that's the picture. Yeah, but it makes no sense. And my friends are telling me that makes no sense and blah, 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 blah. Well, then get better friends because <laughs> nothing that God does really makes a lot of sense. And there's a lot of questions in the world and people ask, why did that young child pass or whatever it is? Why would this be happening? People have a lot to do with it too. We have a lot to do with these things. And all we want to do is point a finger and go, you're a bad guy. It's, no, he's a very loving Lord who just wants the absolute best for us. And if I don't take advantage of all in a good way of the goodness that he gives me, like the opportunity to share his stories, like the stories I'm sharing with you today are not my stories. The stories he gave me to share that you and I, through your vessel and through my vessel, are putting out to the world. Hopefully, somebody will have a better life or a better day or a better moment because they heard something on this show today or through my book or so through other podcasts that you continue to do as well. Mm-hmm. So this is my favorite question that I like to ask everybody. If I invented this magic machine and with the power of this machine, I was able to take you from the chair where you sit today and transport you into the future, maybe 150 or 200 years. And through the power of this machine, you were able to look back on your entire life and see all of the connections, all of the ripples, all of the impacts that you've left behind. What impact do you hope you've left behind in the world? I hope to inspire people to be their best. And one of the things, I have a lot of examples here. I know we're short on time, but I have these things happen all the time. Before I ever speak, and I do a lot of speaking like AA meetings and things like that, recovery meetings and stuff, I always pray before I open my mouth. And I always say, Lord, please give me the stories and the words that you want me to share today. Because you know all the experiences of the people in the room and what pains and sufferings they're going through and stuff. And I don't. But you know what stories I also have that you've given me that could help them the best. And one of the greatest things, Scott, with that is when I share stuff, after I've asked the Lord what to share, I had a guy come up to me not long ago and he goes, Rob, he goes, hey, 
you don't know who I am, but I was sitting in the back of a meeting over there in Studio City seven years ago, and you had talked about God and some other things. And I never came up and introduced myself or mentioned anything to you. But for the last seven years, I've been living with the principles that you shared about in that meeting. And it's just made such an immense difference in my life. And I just wanted to thank you. I'm glad we had this chance to meet today. And I have that stuff. I had a guy the other day, I was at a restaurant and I was coming to my chair and this guy sees me. Now, Scott, if you had given me every single dime on planet Earth, I couldn't have even come close to naming his name. And he comes running over. Rob, how you doing, man? It's me, Nick. How you doing? I got you remember me from. And of course, I didn't want to disappoint the guy. Right. So I'm like, hey, Nick, how you doing? Great to see you. And he says, I got to tell you, eight years ago, you shared about the great fact, which is what I talked about a little bit earlier, that if our relationship with God is right, great things will happen for us. And he goes, that really touched me that day that you shared about the great fact. And I just want to let you know, at every meeting I've gone to for the last eight years, I have also shared about the great fact because you touched my soul with that so hard. And tomorrow I'm turning 15 years sober. And I just wanted to thank you because it was you that helped propel me to continue to go and build my relationship with the Lord. And that's what's been the key to my success. Just those little things, being able to put little tidbits or breadcrumbs, whatever you want to call them out into the world that somebody might say, hey, I might want to try that. Because it's not about me telling you what to do. It's about sharing my experience so that you can relate, hopefully. If you were homeless, then I, when I go up to Juneau, they asked me to be the MC of the, uh, the annual recovery fest they have there. And I'm able to connect with these people. I have a reality show that we're in the process of hopefully selling as well about recovery and addiction in Alaska and the challenges and stuff. But we have to be able to relate to people. So we find our group of people that we can relate to, that, can, that we can share our experience that are down and out. And if you don't mind, I'll share one quick story that's in chapter six's book that kind of answers all of that for us. One of the most powerful things that ever happened to me. I meet this guy. I call him Ben in the book for uh, you know, privacy reasons. But he grew up in South Central LA, which many would call a very uh, a challenging area and stuff. And I meet him up in, in Juno. And I gave him my card. I gave him a hug. Says, hey, man, you're new to sobriety. If I can ever be of any help, there's my card. Call me. Hope to see you around. I don't see the guy for two weeks. In the middle of the day, he's walking down the street in Juneau with a couple of friends on him, and he couldn't. He was weaving and bobbing. How he was even standing, he was 30 sheets to the wind, if not a 1,000. And so I don't know. I just run out into the middle of the street at 2 in the afternoon, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I said, God has such a bigger purpose for you in life than sitting here sticking needles in your arm and stuff. And his friends look at me like, oh, dude, no, this guy's just going to pop you in the face in about two seconds if you don't get out of his way. And I've realized that people usually don't argue with God when you, when they, because they, they, they're looking for him. They just don't know where to find him sometimes. And when you're the one that's willing to get in their face, as you say. So anyways, I talked to this guy and out of the blue, he lifts up his sleeve on his right hand. And earlier, just a little while earlier, he had taken a knife and he had sliced his wrist three times from his wrist all the way up to his elbow three times trying to kill himself. He didn't want to live anymore. When I saw that, I just really got in his face and I said, dude, God is a big, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden 
he just reaches into his pocket, pulls out this bloody knife and hands it to me, gives me a big giant hug, steps back. He's got tears rolling down his eyes and he's crying and he says, thank you. And him and his girlfriend and his two friends walked away. And I was like, holy jeepers crow. And then I called some friends uh, not that long down the road, six months down the road, then a year down the road. And so apparently he was still alive and moving forward. But we never know when God is going to ask us to be there for someone unexpectedly. So I like to say that's why I need to be prayed up and ready to go. And I need to have the goodness of God floating through me that I don't have to sit there and think about things that I can just react in a good, positive, godly way. But that was the freakiest thing that I've ever had happen, I believe. And I found out later that when people, if they cut their wrists across their wrist, they're not really trying to die. They're just trying to cause mm-hmm. themselves pain. And if they go, but if they do what this guy did, they're really trying to end it all. And boy, what an experience that was. I just, I never know where God's going to put me, but that's, uh, hopefully that answers your question about, you know, what are we here for and how do we know he makes it clear if my eyes are open. And so I pray that everyone that's listening to your podcast that that hasn't had their eyes open or has just chosen to say, nah, that can't be really, no, he can't really want me to, no, he doesn't, he doesn't know who I am and I'm not, and I'm not qualified to do that. With the Lord at our side, we can do it. I'm sure you didn't grow up thinking, I'm going to do an inspired stewardship podcast, and I definitely didn't grow up thinking I was going to write books for the Lord. And I guarantee you that many in your audience are sitting there now going, dang it, somebody's told me I'm really good at this, and somebody's told me I'm really good at that, and I just haven't done it. I pray that today is the day that you're going to make that choice to start doing it. You can follow Rob on Facebook or Twitter is Rob Egno, or find out more about his books is speaking the upcoming movie and more on his website at robekno.com. That's spelled R-O-B-E-K-N-O.com. Of course, I'll have links to all of that over in the show notes as well. Rob, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener? I just pray, Scott, that everyone listening here today will realize what an incredible human being they are. And that if they haven't yet, begun using the talents that the Lord has given them to live the best life possible, that they would start doing so. And I would just say this, if you haven't done this yet, please go into a mirror in front of one in your home, wherever you're at, and please stand there until you can look yourself in the eyes today and tell yourself that you love you because the Lord loves you. And until you love yourself, the way he does, you won't ever take a chance or get out and do the things that Scott or Rob or others have been doing in their lives. And once you feel the love for yourself that the Lord has for you, anything is possible and you will have a life beyond your wildest dreams. So that's my prayer for everyone today. 